Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. In this week's market update, inflation is the main focus with price rises forecast to fall back on both sides of the Atlantic. Earnings season draws to a positive close and here in the UK, attention turns to next week's autumn statement. Well, it's been a long wait, but this week should bring some good news on the inflation front. The rate at which prices are rising is expected to fall back both here in the UK and across the pond in America too. Here, a forecast fall in inflation to under 5% should allow the government to claim that it's met its target of halving the rate this year. Rishi Sunak made that one of his key priorities when inflation was running at 10.7%, close to its peak in the post-pandemic inflation surge of 11.1%. The main driver of lower inflation will be the fall in wholesale gas prices, which is starting to show up in household energy bills. It will more than offset a recent increase in the price of motor fuel, although with the oil price back down to $80, that should soon be a positive too. The fall in the inflation rate is a big contributor to a generally better economic picture. The improvement comes at a good time for the UK government as it gears up for an election which must be held by January 2025 and will most likely be called either in May or June or in the early autumn next year. The government's fiscal position is also getting better as frozen tax allowances drag more people into higher rates and boost tax receipts. That could give the Chancellor a bit of wriggle room for tax cuts to be signalled at next week's autumn statement. He's under pressure from Conservative backbenchers to offer some tax sweeteners in the run-up to an election, which the polls suggest will lead to a change of government next year. The Chancellor is managing expectations the other way, warning that there's little scope for giveaways, but speculation is mounting that a popular reduction of inheritance tax could be on the cards. Although only around 4% of households currently pay IHT, the proportion is expected to increase on the back of rising house prices and the tax is regularly cited as the most hated by voters. It would be electorally logical to address it in some way. Other areas of focus next week of relevance to investors could include the UK's complex ISA regime. There are a number of different types of ISA, cash, stocks and shares, property-focused lifetime ISAs, and even one which is hardly used, allowing people to shelter peer-to-peer loans from tax, the so-called innovative ISA. There is a case for simplifying the ISA framework. Another possibility is that the current £20,000 contribution limit is increased. It's been the same since 2017 and would need to rise to around 25000 to keep pace with rising prices. However, Given that only around 15% of people who save in an ISA each year use their full allowance, this doesn't seem to be a high priority. A third area that could be ripe for new measures is the property market, which is battling with the recent sharp increase in interest rates. During the pandemic, a stamp duty holiday was introduced up to a cap of 500,000. It's possible that this could be reintroduced as a way of kickstarting the market which in real inflation-adjusted terms has fallen a long way in recent years. Back to inflation, and the first and perhaps most important announcement comes tomorrow, when we expect to see US inflation fall to an annual rate of 3.3%.
that's within striking distance of the Federal Reserve's 2% target and would provide cover for the Fed to leave interest rates on hold at their current level of between 55 and 5.5%. Expectations that interest rates have peaked in the US have been behind the recent easing in bond yields, which has spilled over into a stabilisation of the stock market too, after that 10% correction that took place between July and October. Last Friday saw the Nasdaq index rise by 2.1%, its best performance in six months, and better than the broader S&P 500's 1.5% rise. Nasdaq is full of big technology stocks that are particularly exposed to movements in interest rates. Lower rates increase the present-day value of these companies' future earnings. On the subject of earnings, the third quarter results season is coming to a close with more than 450 of the US's top 500 companies having now reported. At this late stage in earnings season, it looks like profits will have grown by around 4% year-on-year in the quarter, suggesting that the earnings cycle bottomed out in the second quarter and making positive double-digit forecasts for 2024 and 25 look more plausible. That improving earnings outlook is the key driver of the market's recent recovery, because the rally that began last October and hit the buffers in July was predicated on the Federal Reserve achieving a soft landing for the economy, which in turn would create a favourable backdrop for company profits. Although the US earnings season is drawing to a close, there are still plenty of results on this side of the Atlantic. A particular focus this week will be the commercial property sector, with quarterly results from both British land and ladder securities. British Lands has already announced better-than-expected results and flagged up an improving environment for rental growth. Having corrected further and more quickly than many other real estate markets, including the US, the UK's commercial property sector is looking in better shape than for some time. Offering high and sustainable income and a partial hedge against inflation, commercial property is looking like a viable, diversifying alternative asset again. Investors have been looking for new diversifiers ever since last year's unusual positive correlation between the performance of bonds and equities. Traditionally, these two assets respond differently to changes in the economic outlook, but in 2022, they both fell together as investors responded to rising inflation and interest rates. For much of 2023, that story has remained in place as investors have accustomed themselves to a higher-for-longer interest rate narrative. But recent hopes for a pivot lower for rates, perhaps as early as the middle of next year, has supported the case for bonds. For the first time in years, investors have been able to lock in an attractive income while at the same time looking forward to a capital gain as and when bond yields start to fall in line with lower interest rates. The big unknown for investors coming back to the inflation focus this week is what happens to prices in the medium term. Parallels are being drawn with the period from the late 1960s through to the early 1980s when inflation was allowed to spin out of control thanks to a combination of heavy government spending, thanks to expensive social programmes in the Vietnam War and easy monetary policy. A key difference between then and now, however, is the way central banks now see inflation as their principal concern as opposed to full employment which was the focus until the late 1970s. The Fed has now raised rates further and faster than at any point in its 110-year history, and it's showing no signs of being in a hurry to change tack. 
Whether that can offset the ballooning in federal debt will be the key question for investors in the next few years. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.